peasant farmer from miles around. You're old enough now to get married, they said, to encourage him. Exactly how old are you? Twenty-seven, I think, he replied. That's almost an age to have grandchildren, they scolded him. What are you doing all alone in your farmhouse? You need a wife. Gwernat listened to them all patiently. He knew their advice would inevitably be followed by the mention of some candidate or other, a girl stronger than an ox and more beautiful than the most incandescent sunset. None of this was new to him. Madcap Estagnol, whose wife had died giving birth to Guillamona, had tried to find him a wife. But all the suitable parents had fled the farmhouse, cursing the demands he made regarding the dowry any future daughter-in-law was supposed to bring. Little by little, interest in Bonat had waned. The older he grew, the more extreme his father became. His rebelliousness bordered on real madness. Bonat concentrated on looking after his lands and his father. Now, all of a sudden, at twenty-seven, he found himself alone and besieged on all sides. Yet the first visit Bonat received, when the old man had still to be properly laid to rest, was of a different nature. It was from the steward of his feudal lord, the lord of Nabarcles. How right you were, father, Bernard said to himself when he saw the steward and several soldiers ride up to his farm. As soon as I die, the old man had repeated time and again to him in his brief moments of lucidity, they'll be here. You must show them my will. With that, he pointed to the stone beneath which, carefully wrapped in leather, he had left the document containing the last will and testament of Madcap Estagnol. Why is that, father? Bonat had asked the first time he heard him. As you know, the old man replied, we lease these lands from our lord, but I am a widower, and if I had not drawn up my will, he would have the right to claim half of all our goods and livestock. That is known as the intestate right. There are many others that benefit the lords of Catalonia, and you must make sure you are aware of them all. They will be here, Bonat. They will come to take what is rightfully ours. It's only by showing them my will that you can get rid of them. What if they take it from me? asked Bernat. You know what they're like, even if they did. It is registered in the official account books. The steward and his lord's anger soon became common knowledge in the region. It only served to make the only son's position look all the more attractive, as he had inherited all his father's possessions. Bonat could clearly recall the visit the man who was now his father-in-law had paid him before the grape harvest. Five shillings, a pallet, and a white linen smock. That was the dowry he was offering for his daughter Francesca. Why would I want a white linen smock? Bonat asked, not even pausing as he forked the hay on the ground floor of his farmhouse. Look, was Pera Esteves' only reply. Leaning on his pitchfork, Bonat looked in the direction Pera Esteve was pointing the doorway of the stable. He let the pitchfork fall from his hands. Francesca was silhouetted against the light, 
dressed in the white linen smock. Her whole body shone through, just waiting for him. A shudder ran down Bonat's spine. Pera Esteve smiled. Bonat accepted his offer. There and then, in the stable, without even going up to the young girl, but never once taking his eyes off her. He realized it was a hasty decision, but so far he had not regretted it. There Francesca was in front of him now, young, beautiful, strong. His breathing quickened. That very night, what might she be thinking? Did she feel as he did? Francesca was not sharing in the other women's animated chatter. She sat quietly beside her mother, answering their jokes and laughter with forced smiles. Their looks met for a moment.